Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you um, for who you are and how you continue to work in this world. And I pray, God, that as um, we look at your word, as we do every week, and are reminded of so many lessons of who you are that, that ultimately shape us, I pray, God, that today your spirit would guide and lead us again to be shaped Uh, to be more like you, but to also know uh, how deep and wide and great your love is for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. When I was in college, uh, there were many life lessons that I had to learn. Uh, As simple as learning how to do laundry. You remember this, like where you had to learn the whole process of how this all works? I also learned some really uh, tactical things like how to make Pop-Tarts taste wonderful in a microwave and doing it for 12 seconds and waiting a minute before you burn your mouth. Uh, Life is filled with all kinds of lessons, important lessons and also kind of silly lessons. And there's one lesson that I will never forget and I will never repeat that came when I was in college. It was a Tuesday afternoon. We were at uh, the apartment where I was living with a bunch of my friends, and, and we had a group of people over at the house. It was just in the afternoon, typical day, except we were hanging out, about 10 people, and we were laughing, making jokes, doing all sorts of fun things. And I noticed that one of the people that was there uh, with us that was just hanging out had a bottle of this. Anybody know what that is? It is pepper spray. Yes, EJ, got it. They happened to just have this on their keychain, and I thought just it would be kind of a funny thing in that moment as we were joking and having fun that I offered up the idea of, is that pepper spray? Could I take that pepper spray and pepper spray my roommate? We didn't have any beef against one another, but he looked at me right away and he said, okay, why don't you pepper spray yourself instead? So I took the cap off and I poured it at my face and I pepper sprayed myself in my face. Y'all believe that I would actually do that? Yeah, college, lessons learned. No, that is not what happened. All right, I am not that dumb, all right? Because what happened in that moment was, yes, this is a true story. I'm not making this up. Um, there was pepper spray there. We were just making some jokes, having some fun. And, and when I had, so when my roommate had offered me to do that, somebody like leaned in and said, you know what, that's probably not the smartest idea. Why don't you instead do this? Take the pepper spray, spray it on your finger, and then wipe it underneath your eye. That is exactly what I did. <laughs> No, I'm not lying. I'm not making this up. And as I did that, this tiny little room where 10 people were at and what was laughing and joking and everybody wondering, how's he going to react to this, instantly started gagging. Has anybody had an experience with pepper spray before? Don't raise your hand right now. All right? Right? 
Like everybody in the room is just like gagging this, this awful smell. My face just starts swelling up. I run straight to the bathroom. Everybody gets out of the house and is like, what in the world just happened? Life is filled with many lessons that we have to learn. Some of them are simple and small and others you will never repeat. And for me, when I hear that pepper spray is brought into a room or atmosphere, I'm gone. Nowhere will you find me. Now, why in the world are we talking about this? (laughs) Are we just gonna share the dumbest things that Pastor Dave has done for today? No, today I want you to see, and over the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about lessons that, that shape our lives. And when I look at the life of Jesus, there are three days that shape the life of what it means to look, live, and love more like Jesus. See, when Jesus came on into this world, he didn't just have a bunch of great sayings and teachings, and yes, he is Savior, but he did some things specifically on these three last days of his life that shape the way that we look at ourselves. Greater lessons than learning how to do laundry or how to make some food or learning to not pepper spray yourself. Lessons that teach us more about who God is and how he works in this world. The first day that I want to look at is on this Friday. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking in Matthew's account here at Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and seeing these lessons that are being taught. And Kristen read these words from us from Matthew 27. I don't want to reread them, but I want to point out a couple of important things. In verse 42, we read that Jesus, as he is hanging on the cross, this is towards the end of his life, he is being crucified. And as he is crucified, there are people that are there that are watching it, and they say this, that he saved others and he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. This is very sarcastic language, by the way. He says he is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we will believe in him. Notice what's going on here. The people who see this event going on, they can't imagine that the Son of God would be hanging on a cross and appear to be defeated. They say that if he's truly who he says he is, then he's going to come off of that cross. Notice here that it continues that the robbers, there are people who are beside Jesus. He's not just hanging on a cross by himself, but there are robbers on either side of him who were being crucified, and they were also reviling him. I mean, this is the lowest of low, right? It's one thing when the king is there looking at you and making fun of you, but now it's those who are also being crucified next to you that are questioning, is he really who he says that he is? And finally, we read here that Matthew tells us at the ninth hour, which is about 3 p.m. on that Friday, we read that Jesus breathes his last breath and he dies. He cries out saying these words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when you read this account, I know that maybe this brings some questions. Like, like why in the world would, would Jesus have to endure this? 
I mean, I thought Jesus and God were on the same team. I, I thought they weren't going to, like, if Jesus is truly God, why wouldn't he just come off the cross? Why couldn't he just do that very thing? Was he not strong enough? Was he not powerful enough? And, and you and I ask this question all the time. It's something that we discuss often in our circles as we experience pain and suffering and loss in our world. We say it like this, how could God be so loving but seem to allow bad to happen in this world? I mean, how could God, who is so good, seem to allow bad and pain and suffering to happen to me? Is he some absent father? Does he not care? And I've known over my years of trying to answer this really complicated question, it is a big one. And there is no simple solution to a complex problem. And what I've learned is that the beginning of answering this question is to say, I don't know, because guess what? I'm not God. I don't know why these things happen. And I think that that's important for us to just first sit in, is that we don't know why. We're not going to understand why everything happens and the bad and the pain and the suffering that exists in our world. But I do know this, that when pain, when struggle, when suffering happens in our world, we see the true colors of who people are. When pain and struggle happen in our world, we stop talking about the weather or who won the basketball game last night? Or should I get a new pair of shoes? I mean, we start asking different questions when we go through suffering. And when you go through painful moments with other people, the depth of what you talk about is more. In fact, a psychologist named Brene Brown, she says it this way in her book, Daring Greatly, a really interesting read. She talks about how our culture, she says, has become fake and polished and glossy. We, we fake a life of happiness and perfection that we don't ever have to be vulnerable with others about how we're really doing inside. So what we do is we protect ourselves from looking like we're broken to others. We cover ourselves with things that help us feel better. She goes on to say that, that we deal with our pain, we've, by dealing with our pain, we've become the most numb culture in the history of our world. We take pills, we watch excessive movies, we're alcoholics, we lust over porn. And what Brown is saying is that we as a culture are the most addicted, medicated, numb culture ever. Why? Because we're masking the deep pain and struggle that we are experiencing in this world. To put a little metaphor on it, uh, Oftentimes, we will put lipstick on a pig, or we shine or polish a turd. And guess what? It's still a turd. It's a great meme right there for you, by the way, right? And, and the reality is, is that we try to present to this world, or we go to great lengths to appear to be something that we are not, and it avoids something that we cannot, we go to great lengths to appear that we're not broken or that we don't have questions or that we're not going through suffering and pain to feel that we are worthy or that we would never experience such things. And see, for me, the question is not why does God allow pain to happen in this world? I don't know the answer to that. But I think the better question is where do you go when you experience pain? 
Where do you go? Do you go to things that just numb you? That, that put you in a space of where you, you just don't reflect and turn to our God? That we go to Netflix or drugs or fantasy worlds to not feel the sorrow of what we are experiencing. And today, if that's you, I really need you to hear this life lesson that Jesus is talking about on this Friday. Because on this Friday, we see thousands of years ago that Jesus experiences pain, excruciating pain. And he's not a God who numbs himself as he's experiencing the pain. He is a God who leans in on that pain. Theologians, people who study God, have said that when Jesus is hanging from the cross, that he is the most evil person who has ever lived. Think about that for a second. As Jesus, the Son of God, the one who came and lived in this world and lived the perfect life, who walked on water, who healed people, who talked about the future and, and, and who he is and all that he's done. At that moment, as he's hanging on the cross, he is the most evil person that has ever lived. More evil than that person who has betrayed you. More evil than that horrible neighbor who wrote me an anonymous letter to rake the leaves in my yard. Just holding on to that a little bit. More evil than any political leader that's tried to see their own advantage or gain. Now, what I'm not saying is that Jesus has done evil. He never once did an evil thing, not at all. But what I know is that oftentimes when we think of evil, when we think of brokenness, we, we look outside of ourselves and we point to robbers and racists and murderers and, and something outside of ourselves. But the reality is, is that while that is certainly true and there is brokenness that exists outside of us that we have to look in the mirror. We have to look at ourselves too because we too contribute to the evil in this world. I mean, we gossip about the person that we're actually jealous of. We exaggerate truths to make ourselves look better. We tilt the camera a little bit so that I can look a little bit better from that angle. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? I mean, this is who we are. We pretend like we have it all together. And and in this moment, on a Friday, Jesus is teaching us a life lesson. The lesson is this that should shape you and me. He is teaching us that, that he becomes the most evil person for us. That he chooses to take on our evil, our sin, See, Jesus is the most evil as he is hanging on the cross in history because he hung vulnerably on the cross for the world, for you and me. He chose to hang from that cross and every last pound and ounce of the world's sin and evil and injustice was laid harshly on his back, bearing it for you and for me. And so, yes, while he is being mocked, he is choosing in that moment to remain there, to be the ultimate sacrifice, to be the thing that we cannot be for ourselves, to take on our wickedness, our pretending, our injustice. 
He chose to rescue us in that moment. And what we see in Jesus on this Friday, this life lesson that he is teaching is this, is that he is inviting everything our pain, our numbing tactics, our insecurities, our brokenness, our lust, our addictions. He's inviting everything to dance with him. See, God is beckoning even the worst of our world into himself. He's signaling that even the most painful stuff that we've imagined to do to each other can be mended, can be fixed, can be reconciled in his infinite love. I pray that you hear this. That on this Friday, thousands of years ago, Jesus is doubling down on the fact that when he sees pain, he runs to it instead of running away. When he sees a fire, he doesn't run away and say, man, I can't handle that one. That's way out of my league. No, he engages and runs into it. You might say, well, but why does this have to happen? Why, why does there have to be brokenness in this world? And again, I say that, that that's the wrong question. History will tell us. You don't have to deconstruct history all that much to tell you that there is brokenness that has existed in our world. You can just watch the news and you will see that there is continued brokenness in our world. And I can guarantee that in the future there will be things that are off and wrong and need to be called out and changed. And that happens not only in us but in others as well. But I want you to notice that Jesus knew something as he was hanging from that cross. As he was experiencing pain and brokenness that that you and I need to know as well. It comes from this really interesting phrase that Jesus says from the cross. He says, at about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying these words, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You heard these words before, right? They're not words that Jesus himself made up. (laughs) They're not new by any means. That as Jesus is hanging from the cross, he's actually reciting something that was told long ago. In fact, in Psalm 22, he, re- he is literally reciting these words. Jesus is saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, I find no rest. What we see in Jesus is he is one that as he is hanging from the cross, he is reciting these words. Now, in our text, we read just that first line, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But some say, actually, that as Jesus was on the cross, that wasn't the final words that he was saying from Psalm 22. In fact, in that moment, what Jesus is doing is he knew something about God that you and I need to know as we go through pain and suffering and experiencing loss, is that he is reciting these words from Psalm 22, all of them. And notice in verse 3 here that the psalm continues. Hear these words. He says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were rescued. And you they trusted and were not put to shame. What we read in this moment is that as Jesus is hanging 
from the cross, he is reciting these words. Yes, saying, God, why am I going through this pain? Why am I going through this struggle? But he is also holding on to this, saying that, God, you are holy, and you are perfect in all that you do. That as I go through this pain and suffering, God, I can trust in your name. God, I trust in your name as our fathers have trusted from generation to generation. Sometimes there's this arrogance of us that are alive. There are people that have lived before us. And we too should trust as they trusted in the faithfulness of who God is. And that he promises for the future as well that he will rescue that he will redeem everything back to how it's supposed to be. So may you know that real love will lead to pain and struggle. And assuming that loving God is disappointment-free, pain-free, difficult-free, we place our trust and beliefs in a God that simply aren't reflected in the Scriptures. But instead, God promises us his presence, that he's here, that he is a God who has experienced pain. It is not foreign to him. So on a Friday, thousands of years ago, what we learn is that we have a God who becomes the most evil for us, that he comes for our pain and brokenness. And thousands of years ago, what we learn is that our God is not avoiding pain, but he's walking with us in this journey. And so I want to invite you next week, as we see this first life lesson of who our God is and how he deals with pain, next week we will look at a Saturday, the next day, to see how our God promises his presence as we wait for him. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for for who you are and all that you have done. And yet, God, um, I know that as we talk about pain and suffering and tough moments and times, uh, Lord, that, that leads us to all kinds of questions. And sometimes it can lead us further away from you. I pray, God, that as we reflect on your word and as we see how you are a God who, who became the most evil for us, I pray, God, that we would be reminded of who you are, how you work, and the promises that you bring into this world as well. Holding on to that tension that, God, we can come to you with big questions, but also knowing that you're a God who promises to redeem and restore everything back to how it's supposed to be. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.